Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's eLearning, offering online courses for nurse preceptors like the Preceptor Challenge, with information available at aacn.org forward slash precept. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barton. This is Connie Barden, and um, I'm really excited today to talk with a new colleague, uh, Britt De Natale. Uh, Britt is a client success advisor at a company called Practicing Excellence. And Britt, thank you so much for uh, joining me today for a conversation. Thanks for having me, Con. You know, um, as I was sort of getting to know you behind the scenes, which now I'm going to get to know you in front of the scenes, but I was looking at your resume. Um, and, and hearing all about you, learning about you, I noticed you're a second career nurse and you came from a field quite uh, different from nursing. So why don't we start off by you telling everyone a little bit about yourself and how you wandered into the world of being a nurse and even up to and including what you're doing now. Sure. Happy to. It, you know, it's funny that that question used to stress me out because I, I have had a very um non-linear journey in my career and uh, wearing a lot of different hats over the years sometimes feels hard to put into a nutshell and feels a little bit like you're a, a chameleon but I'm starting to to reach a point I think where I'm embracing the multitude and, and seeing how it kind of comes together. Uh, I am a second degree nurse so I had a whole career well if you go way back I had a career as an aspiring musician uh, what is now many moons ago um, and then fell into a corporate career where I worked in marketing and business development in a completely non-clinical setting. Uh, and then I did a big shift midlife and did a 180 and went back to school to become a nurse. Uh, so that was my midlife big turnaround. And then I was an ED nurse for about a decade Um and I live in the Washington, D.C. area, so did most of my nursing in this area. Um, I had lived in New York prior to that, originally from the South, again, bouncing around all over the place. Um, and then the last couple of years have transitioned out of direct clinical care and into some other interesting nursing spaces that I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about. So, yeah, a little, a little here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, well, nonlinear sounds like a good description of that. <laughs> Love that. Thanks, thanks for that synopsis. So a change from a career in marketing and business development and into nursing. So can I push you a little more? Like how does somebody start out in this direction and suddenly like take a right or left turn, whatever that was for you, into something as very different as nursing? It was definitely a, a left turn. It was a hard left. I got a lot of strange looks uh, when I told folks what I was going to do. But honestly, it was it was a couple of things. One, it was that that moment that probably a lot of us have in life where you look around and you think, what am I doing here? Uh, how did I get here? Yeah. Sometimes the, the choices that we make along the way maybe aren't as intentional as we mean them to be. Um, you know, I was really successful in the corporate world and I did well. And so I just kept progressing. And then I reached a point where I was kind of questioning why I was doing what I was doing and whether it really brought value to me. Um, and so as part of that, I decided to explore other options. Um, and honestly, nursing was really practical for me. It was a decision about wanting to have a skill 
wanting to have something that I knew I could use in a variety of locations and in a variety of settings that I wouldn't be married to one really specific role for the rest of my career. Um, and it was also about wanting to feel like I was tangibly making a difference in the world. That was really important to me. I realized that that was of high value to me and I needed to figure out how to make that part of my professional life. So I kind of put all of those things together and, and honestly, nursing fit the bill. And, and that's, I, I took the leap. Well, that is a leap. And I would say like, it's a, what's that, a swan dive or something like that. nose first because you landed in the ED. How the heck did you pack? So you get done with nursing school and then you decide, well, while I'm at it, I think I'll go work in the ED. Funny, I used to think that that was a really strange thing. And the more the work I did around just some kind of self-examination, I realized there's actually some really similar paths. I worked in the startup world. I was in this, this corporate, um, I worked in a broadcasting industry. And so it was this startup environment that was very fast paced. It was very think on your feet. It was very just make it happen, get it done. And anybody who's been in the ED knows that all of those things also ring true <laughs> for an ED nurse. And so initially, while it felt very different over the years, I've realized that there's some there's some real chords that that kind of cross between those that I think is just part of what I'm drawn to. Um, so, yeah, it was it was what I was drawn to it was where I landed is kind of where I stayed. All right. You got me. I'm with you. That's a that's a fit. I get, I get that. that. That maps on. And uh, I really have to play with this a little bit because people can't see this. This will be an audio recording, but I'm talking to you on video and I see a keyboard and I see something looks like, I don't know, a guitar and all kinds. So I also saw on your resume a degree in ethnomusicology, which is something I've never even heard of. So I'm going to just play with that a little bit. What the heck is that? Yeah, you know, you and most of the world um, have never heard of that. I, you know, again, non nonlinear journey, right? Uh, it was me coming out of out of college, basically not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I actually have a bachelor's degree in political science, and uh, music was a big part of my life. And so I was trying to find a path, and I found some folks who would pay for me to go to school to explore that path, which was a big part of it. Uh, Basically, I studied the role of music in political and social change. So wow. how does music, so it's really that music, but in a social context, right? Um, so it's it's kind of the study of music as a subject, as, as opposed to being a performance. Um, what I came away with from that is that, one, my career path would have to be in academia to stay in that world. And that was mm. not where I wanted to be. Uh, and two, it helped me to realize that I actually just wanted to play music, that I was trying to go do these mental leaps and bounds uh, in my young post-college life. And really, I was trying to just find a way to play music. Um, so when I left, after finishing that master's degree, I was actually, I did it in Australia because um, it was part of a fellowship program. I came back to the States um, and started playing music on the side um, and and made my way up through the the bars and restaurants where, where I was living um, and was was really happy doing that for a while. Yeah, sure. Well, okay. More another vote in favor of nonlinear uh, journey for sure. <laughs> yeah, the layers just keep keep coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. See, you make this major change, you become a nurse, ED for 10 years, which is, you know, that is really deep submersion there. And then around, I think, 2020, 
you decided to go into, I think, the world you're in now, which is more consulting work. And uh, it sounds like empowering nurses and so forth. What inspired that change in your uh, zigzag of life there? After being in the ED for a decade and just being, you know, on the front line, it was a it was a realization of how instrumental nurses are in in the delivery of healthcare and in people's lives, um, in the whole experience that that nurses have such a powerful and critical role to play in how that happens and the experience that people have, um, both in terms of their human experience and also in their clinical outcomes. And so when I started to really just grasp how powerful nurses and nursing was in in that environment, I was really drawn to the advocacy space and, and wanting to find ways to, to empower nurses to one, realize how much power they have and two, fight to make their voices heard and changes happen to, to let them do the jobs that they know and want to do. So I was really drawn to that idea and that space and, and, and it had to take some time to really try to figure out how to get into that space. It, it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, but I started to also think about how I could be a part of that and started to draw back on the fact that I do have skills outside of nursing, right? I had a whole career prior to doing this. And so I felt like there were some, some things that I had to offer um, outside of direct clinical care. And I really wanted to find a way to, to kind of bring those two together, to use some of those skills and experiences to advocate for nurses. Love this. Uh, this whole nursing voice thing is a passion of mine as well. So now my understanding is you, in your work now, you work with individuals as well as teams. Is that right? Sort of empowering people and emboldening their voice and that type of thing. Tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah. So what I get to do now, I really love what I get to do. I work for a company called Practicing Excellence. Um, and we have a, a couple of different things that we do. One is called the Clinician Experience Project, but another one is called the Nursing Experience Project. But all of these things are tied together in our mission of inspiring and empowering clinicians to be their best. So that is what drives all of this big picture wise. Um, so health systems and health organizations are our clients, our partners, and we work with them using this tool to help them reconnect with what they're doing as clinicians. And that can be from patient experience to well being to leadership, but it's a tool to really help them understand and examine and reconnect, not just with why they became clinicians in the first place, but how to connect also with their patients and how to connect with their colleagues. We stay very focused on, on clinical outcomes as a part of that because they are connected, right? When you put those pieces together, when you help un nurses understand why they're doing what they're doing and why they came into this field in the first place, the clinical outcomes will follow because they're doing the work that they want and they know how to do. That is incredible. So, so organizations come to you or individuals can also come Right now we work with organizations, uh -huh. so it's not something that's offered on an individual level, but we work with a lot of various health systems across the country. So we, sure. we touch a lot of different individuals um, across the board. Yeah. Well, when you're working with groups, you know, this whole thing of team dynamics must just really be a huge deal. You know, you're on a team, you want to be heard, 
express your views on how a thing ought to go and so forth. And, and sometimes people think, well, if it didn't go my way, I must not have been heard. That's not always the case. Um, what have you learned about team dynamics and interactions and that kind of thing as you're doing this work for the last several years? Lots of things. Um, you know, I think particularly my background obviously is in nursing, right? So that's where my firsthand experience is around. I think it's really challenging, especially as you try to be a good, strong leader within nursing. There's so many challenges that you're up against. And I don't mean just formal leader as in entitled, because I think we can all find ways to be leaders within whatever team we're on, right? But leading in a way that we're stronger together and that we're empowering each other to me is, is one of our primary goals, but we also have, you know, it's, it's countered with this fact that as nurses, we have a tendency to fall into a very servant pattern where we always are putting the needs of others first. And that doesn't necessarily serve us well as leaders. And so finding that delicate balance of doing what is best for you and your team and supporting them and hearing their voices and working together towards solutions is a really tough skill that we have to work on. And we have to, to do work with ourselves individually, as well as work on how we listen to and tap into the voices of others around us. And that takes some effort. And that's a big part of what we do, right? Is to try to tap into some of those skills and areas where we can do the work to empower our teams to be better leaders that ultimately allows us to deliver better healthcare. You touched on something I want to ask about. Um, you said this sort of servant approach and there's, you know, servant leadership is a big thing. People talk about a lot. And sometimes I think it is misunderstood. I want to poke around a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think you mentioned, you know, nurses can get a little caught up in that. And am I reading it right that you're saying sometimes people think, well, if I'm going to be a servant leader, I'm going to do all the self-sacrifice and put my team ahead of me no matter what and their well-being ahead of my well-being. Do you do you see that a fair amount with nurses? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's rough out there. And I think we have some some cultural habits. And you know, I'm making generalizations here, right? Sure. Like this is not everyone. Right. But I think um there are some cultural habits that we have as nurses to absolutely put everything else first. Um, and we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of other people. That is without question, um, but it's easy to always put that at the bottom of the list. So, you know, well-being is something that we've heard a lot about over the last couple of years, but it's something we still have to focus on because if we don't take that step to take care of ourselves, then we will burn out and we will step away and we won't be there to do the work that is important. And so we have to find a way to, to balance out those priorities. It's critical. It's critical and it's an easy pattern to fall into when you work in a field like nursing to, to make some assumptions that what you need and what you value doesn't necessarily come first. That your needs and so forth are less important than those you're serving, whether it is your patient or your team or your institution. I've done a lot of work and study around the workplace violence space, right? And that's case mm -hmm. in point. You know, we have some horrifying statistics about you know, one in four nurses being assaulted at work. And, and part of what allows that to happen is an assumption that that's just part of the job. Mm -hmm. And in no other industry does anyone go to work and work under the assumption that as part of the job, there's a one in four chance they might be assaulted today. No one else operates in that mind space 
but we have reached a point where we we've just absorbed that and and we have to find a, a balancing point where we can sustain ourselves and support ourselves in order to to be a part of this amazing profession. And I would say that you mentioned cultural habits. That's probably a cultural habit, not just in nursing, but in healthcare in general. We worked in years in the emergency department. You see that all the time. There's a high incidence of violence down there, I know. Um, but everywhere else now, it seems to be on the on the increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a big challenge. I understand that part of your the approach that you use is uh, micro-learning, micro-coaching, micro... Tell us a little bit about that kind of approach to working with folks. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You know, it, <laughs> we all have... Uh, shrinking attention spans. So that's just the reality of life. But we also don't have a lot of time, right? We don't have time to sit and and spend hours or even less on, on education right now. There's just, it's not realistic. And so what we offer that I think is really uh, smart and valuable is a, is a micro learning tool. So all of the, we have video tips, but they're all five minutes or less. And so it's really short bursts of learning. Um, and they follow a model that I think is also part of this that's really important of learn, try, share. So the idea is that we're not going to dump all kinds of knowledge. If you're anything like me, you go sit and you think, wow, this is fascinating. I'm never going to forget this. And then the next day you're like, what did I, I there was something really interesting. I, I don't remember. Right. So, but this keeps it really short and tight so that you can really think about just this one specific thing. And then there's a, a challenge for you to try it out. So that there's an immediate application of, okay, this is a really specific skill. Let's use it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then once you see what happens, you have an opportunity to share. And that's where that storytelling piece comes in. If you can tell other people the experiences you're having, the impact is you know, tenfold, right? Because people hear stories and that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember the story that somebody told them of something they did that made a difference. And then that's going to carry on and be magnified, you know, down, down the road. And so using that model of short, but also super applicable, I think it gives it a level of both simplicity and sophistication that makes it uh, a really impactful learning. I love that approach. Learn, try, share. I see that could be applied by us mere mortals who are working still at the bedside and so forth in so many instances too, whether it is dealing with a family, talking with other colleagues and that kind of thing. That's really, that's really kind of great coaching. Speaking of stories, I understand you have an interesting story about an Uber driver (laughs) who really connected with you around nursing or something. You want to share that with us? Yeah. Yeah. So I was visiting a client. Uh, I'd been there for the day doing a workshop around the the nursing experience project and was heading back to the train station and I got in an Uber and I had one of those incredibly talkative Uber drivers, which in the moment, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't thrilled about, but he taught me a really valuable lesson that day that I think somebody decided that I needed to be reminded of. And that is how widespread the impact of nursing is. So this guy, his wife, turns out, had been a nurse at that hospital that I just left in his Uber for 25 years. Uh, And she had left fairly recently and was no longer in acute care um, for reasons that 
wouldn't surprise any nurses that are listening um, to this podcast. But what it, it highlighted for me, and he had he had a lot of, of experiences and, and feelings about one, her leaving, but two, that, that she'd had this, this nursing legacy at this hospital. It reminded me of just how widespread nurses are, right? We are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. We are the most trusted profession. Again, I, I don't know what we're up to, what, 21 years now? Two years or something, again. Yeah. Forever, yeah. Um, and we're the closest to the community because we're we're in every facet of the community in all of these different ways. And so what I realized was that by supporting the nurses at that hospital and helping them to take care of themselves and to connect with, with their power of what they're doing as nurses and delivering better care and hopefully having better lives for themselves and their patients, that, that the ripple effect of that is massive. That, that what I do for those nurses then turns around and affects this Uber driver and affects so many other people throughout the community who are not just the patients of the nurses, but their families and their church communities and their neighbors. And that it really has this massive effect when you think about how, how diffuse nurses are in the world and what an impact we can have if we can help really boost up and support those nurses. So you're talking this Uber driver and what did that do for you in terms of your own purpose and your own, like, like sounds like that was a pretty profound experience really talking to the Uber guy. I mean, it was just, is one of those reminders that you need. Yeah. We all need them, right? Like you, yeah. in my, in my head, I know that this, this matters and this is meaningful work, but we all have those days where you're tired. It's been a long day. Uh, my feet hurt. I've been on my feet for six hours, right? Like whatever it is, I didn't really eat lunch because I was doing this thing, which I know all nurses can relate to that that one, right? Like mm -hmm. just the things that get in the way of of day to day life. You you sometimes need to refocus on those those big picture moments where where you realize that it matters. And that was just one of those moments where clearly, you know, something in the universe realized that I, I need a little reminder that this matters and, and stay focused. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say being open to the signs from the universe at the right time. They give you the message that you just didn't know it, but you needed to hear at that point in time. How great. Yeah. You know, uh, you were in the ED for a long time. Now you're out and about with people who take care of all kinds of patients. I worked in the ICU for 100 years. You know, you see people, um, the public, in their most vulnerable times. It's a fast-paced environment. Um, what did you take from all of that that you carry with you today? Maybe that helps you with your work or your non-work life. Or what did you take from all of that experience? Honestly, human connection, the power of human connection. Um, as nurses, it, it really is a gift to be in that moment with people. It doesn't always feel like it at the time, but when you have a moment to reflect especially when you start to hear the stories of other nurses too, if you ask them for some of their stories, the power that is in those moments of human connection is really just beyond words because, yeah. you know, in the ED, you know, nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, man, I'm going to have a great day in the ED today. Uh, nobody goes there on purpose, right? So all of the people that you're interacting with had no intention of coming there for whatever reason. And they don't want to be there, right? They're probably, you know, not having a great day. Yeah, uh, some more extreme than others, but it's a chance to 
tap into that power of, of listening to what people are experiencing, because that's what people ultimately want, right? They want you to listen. And you have the skills and ability to help them navigate whatever health catastrophe they're going through, right? You have an instrumental role in not just delivering care, which you, which you do, right? That's huge. But also advocating for, for what they're experiencing and what they need. Nurses have a, have a huge role in that piece of their experience. And you're there with them. You have a chance to speak with them and hold their hand and help them feel supported in what is most likely an incredibly challenging time. And when you have those special moments where you realize that you have connected and, and really helped another human, you can't beat that. I totally agree. Totally agree. Absolutely. For all the challenging parts of nursing, to me, that is absolutely the the number one reason why to stay in it and mm -hmm. keep doing it. I agree. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I bet there are a gazillion people who are listening to you thinking, wow, I wish I had the nerve to do what she did. You know, she's over here doing one thing, then she's making music, then she's in marketing development, then she's a nurse, and now she's doing something. So what kind of advice would you give to people who are might might want to do something like that, but they're kind of scared or intimidated or overwhelmed? Any thoughts about that? Yeah, first of all, I hear you. I feel you. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's easy to to make it sound like that when you're when you're looking back. Um, it takes time, and it's you know we joked in the beginning, right? When people would ask me to tell them about me, it was it would stress me out because I didn't know where how to start. Like it did it didn't make any sense. Um, and it, and with time and and a lot of of self reflection and work, it does start to make sense, even if it's in a nonlinear way, right? But I think for me, it was really, it was key to realize that I was never going to regret trying. What I would regret in life was not trying. And so that was an important moment to, to make that kind of your, your cornerstone in terms of whatever decision you're making. And that could be nursing, that could be something completely different, right? But I also took some really practical steps. You know, I, I did a lot of work. I, I found a coach, um, you know, to talk about and think through what it is that mattered to me and what what I felt like my skills really were, what what made me happy in terms of just day-to-day -day logistics. Like there's a lot of pieces there that it can be helpful. It doesn't have to be a coach. It can be somebody else. It could be you with a, a book. Um, you know, there's tons of tools out there, but it's about taking, I think, that time to really do the reflection on what matters to you. Um, what makes you tick, what you're good at, uh, what your goals are, you know, and, and taking some time to really think about those things and, and plot out where you want to be. Right. I just <laughs> give away my, some of my musical leanings a little bit, but I was actually just listening to this Willie Nelson song, who's, you know, a classic in my opinion, but yeah. the lyric was imagine what you want and then get out of the way. Oh, I love that. Remember, energy follows thought. So be careful what you say. Fabulous. So, you know, you just did. You have to you have to think it through and, and make the decision. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. But energy follows thought. Yeah. And I love that. Imagine what you want and get out of the way. That's very powerful. You know what? I am certain that um, even in the work that you do now, and all of us sitting here watching what happened to our beloved career over the course of the pandemic and everything, which we are now thankfully on mostly on the other side of. Um, sometimes it's hard to 
to feel positive and so forth. So as we wrap up, um, what would you say if you reflect about what you're seeing now and what you're learning from folks that you coach and so forth, what gives you hope and sort of brings you a bit of a smile and, and some hopefulness for the future in nursing and healthcare? I think nursing is, is such a powerful profession and a powerful skill. And yes, there is so much messiness and, and hard things going on. Absolutely. Not denying that in the slightest, but there's also some really good stories and there's some really good moments hidden in there. And so I think for me to recognize just how powerful this profession is in terms of what you can do as a nurse, when you think about the combination of the science and the art and the compassion, that's just such a such a robust, powerful combination to be able to do something like that is is really a talent and a skill that you should be proud of. And when you can find those moments of connection, whether it's connecting to why you went into nursing to begin with, or whether it's connecting to a particular patient, when you have those moments and you can share them, it really does inspire in a way that that is incredibly profound. So I think for me, you know, I thankfully I get the opportunity to hear a lot of these stories as people react to some of our different um, tips and and videos and the tools that we use. And and the stories are incredible when people do take that quick moment to say, man, this has been rough, but look at this. This is incredible. Look at this thing that, that happened here. What an amazing story. And so there's those moments that you really have to remember. And the other thing I think is just thinking about you know, one of our one of our faculty in our tips is a general Mark Hartling, and he did a talk that I listened to where he asked the question, "Who lights your fire?" And if you stop and think about that for a moment, and then think about the cascade that happens of the fires that you then light, and you start to realize the power that you have, the influence that others have had on you, and then the influence that you then can have on people down the line, mm -hmm. it really can be, bring a lot of hope to what we can accomplish and what we can do and how we can lift each other up in this incredibly important work. That's such a great summary, Britt. Um, I, I feel like I ought to drop you a check in the mail because I think I've just had a whole coaching session. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> it is my pleasure. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, I've been talking to Britt DeNatale, who was generous enough to spend time today and talk about her amazing journey. Um, musician turned marketing business person turned nurse turned now coach extraordinaire. And I got so many things from what you said. I really appreciate it. But some of the things like getting, staying in touch with what you value and what matters most to you, um, being willing to look at what lights you up and who are the people who light you up. Um, I loved when you, you talk a lot about the power of connection that nurses really have the, the privilege of having, not only with each other, but with the patients that they care for. I love your comment about your, I'm never gonna regret trying. What I would always regret is not trying for something and going for it. And then I think I'll wrap up with the beginning of what I heard you say about the song lyric, which is imagine what you want and then get out of the way. 
And uh, I think that kind of says it all. It describes your career and probably the career that many people listening would love to have. So, Britt, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your absolute wisdom and coaching with me and with our audience. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN's Preceptor Challenge, with information available at aacn.org forward slash precept. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.